And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Wow. It shouldn't take this long. Welcome to the Weekend Update with Dave DeFore and Keith Parrish. Every Monday on The Athletic NBA Show. It did the same thing to me that it's intended to do to the world. Ding, ding. I have access to information wow. that the public doesn't. Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Keith Parrish and Mo DeKeel because it was too much weekend update from two people. We've got Keith in L.A. finally enjoying some nice weather. Mo, we got some kick-ass basketball this weekend and we got to start with the game that just finished in the Timberwolves and Nuggets and thought we were going to be talking sweep. I broke out the Sombor Shuffle shirt here for the live stream over on YouTube. And I'm left disappointed. And all I got to say is the Nuggets looked like a bunch of people who were about to have a week off. And they were coasting through their last day at work. And then they tried to hurry up at the end of the day and finish it. And they just couldn't pull it off. Mo went into overtime and they drop it 114 to 108. Anthony Edwards was incredible. Your, your take's a little bit different than mine. I'm the Wolves really tried to go home on vacation. They were up <laughs> yeah, 12. Yeah. They were yeah. up 12 with two minutes left and gave up a 12-0 run to go to overtime. And it's really the only reason why they're not on vacation is Jokic missed a free throw. <laughs> that was plain and simple. Like the it looked like the Wolves were content on ending their season right then and there. And they did the same thing in overtime. It was kind of yeah. fascinating. Yeah, oh, I mean, you have to give credit for Jokic. I mean, Jokic had 43 points. Yes, he, he might have missed one very important free throw. I'm watching oh. this game at uh, some burger joint in Los Angeles, not my neighborhood. And I've got to say, the all employees and uh, patrons at the bar, we were losing our minds as like the, the Timberwolves had this game won. And I was like, like I have a soft spot for the soft spot for the Nuggets. But I was like, you can't lose like this if you're the Timberwolves. You can't go out. You can't blow a double-digit lead with like two minutes left, get outscored 12 straight points to finish the game. Like you can't end your season like that. You got to give those season ticket holders that game four win. Sure, you can end your season next game. Go end your season in, in Denver. But it was a, a terrifying end of the regulation. I was happy that Nikhil Alexander-Walker came through in overtime. He did not want to start his vacation. He, he, he wanted to keep the season alive. Yeah, and, and fittingly, the, the game-clenching three was made by Anthony Edwards. I mentioned he had 34 points, 5 of 12 from three. Just another incredible performance from this guy this season. And we've talked about this all year long. I mean, the three of us have, and, and separately. It's his team. And as this team goes, he needs to go. And, and getting behind him is, is sort of the key to their future. And, you know, I don't want to get into the offseason for him yet, but I think the end of this game was a statement from Anthony Edwards that this is his team and this is kind of his time. 
Do you think yeah, he uh, I, smacked Kyle Anderson in the face because he wanted Kyle to know that had to get him out of there? He's had like, Kyle, listen, there. this is my team. I'm going to yeah. smack you in the face now. Get better, Kyle. Yeah, for, uh, Kyle Anderson, just friendly fire left and right wherever fire, he goes. It's, yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it's every, wherever he goes, somebody's trying to hit him, and it's not always somebody on the opposing team. It's a tough break for him. I think, Dave, to answer your question, though, I think just we've known this has been coming. I think it's more Edwards kind of letting the, the rest of the world know that, yo, this is my team. I think the Wolves know it. I think Cat knows it. But I think it's more just him trying to – putting himself on on the map for everybody else on a, a pretty big stage to knock down that massive of a shot. Yeah. He's also, Dave, I say he's also been, he's like deferred to the media before when they've called him a young star. He says like, I'm not a young star yet. And we've seen some of the growing pains. I mean, last year in the playoffs in the first round defeat to the Grizzlies, he was incredible. But then he he like had a terrible game, a very unfortunate game in the play-in this year against the Lakers. So it's refreshing. I mean, yes, the series might not be over, but it's probably over. But like to see him at least give this for the home fans and to now run off, what is this, three consecutive games where he's gone 41, 36, and 34 in the postseason. Like this guy's legit, and he might think of himself. I don't know if he, that's himself, all downward so. trending. Oh, it <laughs> those, is. Those that numbers, was, that those was all downward trending. Down. Right. So I think right, he's, it's, 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 good, it's you know what, point. just throw it all away. He took yeah. 27 shots tonight in a playoff game. I mean, that, that just – that's superstar right there. Uh, well, not, also to, to, to uh, good joke, Mo, but pointing to like Anthony Edwards, like play this season and his development as becoming a young star. He doesn't just do it, you know, with the points it's, it's getting blocks and getting steals. I mean, he's putting up, I'm not going to say like 87 Jordan numbers, but like the man is, is fierce across the board and he's a very exciting young prospect. Yes. Hopefully the front office knows this is his team. Everything we do going forward, whether it's in this postseason or in the offseason, is to serve Anthony Edwards, uh, a rising young superstar. Yeah. All right. Warriors-Kings, the series is now tied at two. The home <sighs> teams just keep winning. And, guys, this game, 126-125, it was electric. De'Aaron Fox down the stretch, I just I, – I believe in De'Aaron Fox – once it hits the fourth quarter and he finished the game with 38 points, just made big shot after big shot. Mo, this series is kind of what basketball is all about. I mean, we've got a great story of an up and coming team uh, against the reigning champions who are at the tail end of a dynasty. Their head coach was the lead assistant coach for a couple of titles just left. He knows all the buttons to push. And now we're tied at two games to two. I, the end of this game, they now know each other so well, Mo, that they're they're essentially pre-switching pre-switches. It's it's remarkable basketball. Yeah, I mean, I just think the uh, I think you sort of bury the lead. Steve Kerr is breathing a huge sigh of relief. Oh hell, uh, yeah. with 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 his timeout usage in this game was god awful to the point that Steph did the Chris, Chris Weber and called a timeout and got teed up. I mean, up four. And then they did that. <laughs> I mean, it was just, I was shocked by all of that. And I think that was a, a, a massive one there, but you make a great point in that, you know, with, with Mike Brown kind of knowing all the, the tricks and things like that, it goes a long way in this series, but Dave, I, I kind of just feel like if I'm the Kings, I'm a little bit worried right now. All the momentum going the, the Warriors' way. Yeah, they played tough. They've fought through all of these things, and we know the Warriors are terrible on the road. But, like, they couldn't get one of these games. And with Draymond 
missing game three, like I feel like that's got to be a moment where you're the Kings. You're kind of like, oh boy, we might be in trouble. I know we feel that way because when you're the defending champ and when you have Steph Curry and when you're just this dynasty of the Warriors, we feel like, you know, until proven otherwise, we, we assume they're going to come through. But like the Kings have home court advantage. They won in, in, uh, in, I was just called Arco. Uh, they won at their home court, like, like despite not shooting the basketball very well, like they actually, I felt like found themselves this game. Like they started making shots. Keegan Murray showed up once again and like, Darren Fox is that guy. So like, despite the fact that the, the Vegas lines have shifted and now heavily favor the Warriors to win this series, I mean, it's a best of three, but two of those three are going to be the Kings playing at home. And like this game right here, the Warriors wanted to give it away. The Warriors are addicted to turnovers. They love turnovers. They invented new turnovers. They had <laughs> Steph Curry calling timeouts when he didn't have a timeout. Like they gave the Kings the chance to win this. Yes, but Keith, Harrison Barnes had a Keith, shot, man. We, we, we constantly forget the fact that game one also came down to the wire. Like we make it seem like the Warriors got blown out in both of those games in Sacramento. And that's just flat out not true. And I think yeah. that's one of the things we tend to forget. Like everybody goes like, well, the, the Kings played them tough in, in San Francisco. Well, the Warriors have played them tough. And, you know, listen, apart from, you know, an Andrew Wiggins three in the corner that he missed that would have given them the lead and, you know, Curry missing that one, uh, a pretty dumb play from Draymond stomping on, Demonte Sabonis' chest, they could be up 3-1. Like, both teams can look around and say we, we we both could be up 3-1. So I don't feel like this is one of those things where you can say, hey, like, it, it, we should be – I think the Kings should be more worried just because the Warriors have been here before. You just said it. They found Keegan Murray this game. There's no guarantee you find him again the next game. He's a, he's a rookie playing big playoff minutes. Like, I think this is one of those things. Like, I'm, you got to go with the experience at this point. Yeah, and he did have 23 points in this game, was 5 of 7 from 3. Space the floor for him the entire game. I actually thought his defense was not too bad. Uh, Draymond Green back for this game, came off the bench. Him and Steph had a powwow after game 3, where apparently Draymond sat in traffic driving to the arena so they could have this meeting and uh, decided Draymond would come off the bench. I, I don't know if this is supposed to be some sort of penance or maybe it's just a, a public gesture showing that he's part of the team. He's no different or better than anyone else. But he came off the bench and it didn't cost him anything, Mo. Well, I think it's just important to realize that it's not, I don't think it was penance. I think it was actually a good basketball strategy. I mean, Dave, you said this on Nerd or She Wrote. You asked a question if that was going to happen. And I was like, no, you're crazy. You're silly, Dave. And you were right. Plain and simple. And I think the, the strategy behind it was playing one big works so much better for the Warriors defensively against this team than anybody else. And I think, you know, that, was it the game changer right there? And that might be the change that we see going forward that continues on with them and has them winning this series. I think that's going to be a big part of it and it allows them to play a little faster. So I think what I'm going to find interesting about this, this game five is like they went away from Draymond coming off the bench in the second half, they started Draymond, but I do feel like them, them allowing Wiggins just to play that four with Looney at the five, like you saw Looney and Wiggins have great games. Uh, Wiggins finishes with 18 points. Also, four blocks, two steals. He's getting all the rebounds. Like the, the rebounding of Wiggins and Looney, it, it was a driving force of them winning the title last year. Um, so, like, I, I'm interested to see, like, if they decided, all right, that was just a one-game penance thing. What if Draymond's penance was just he had to shoot? 
What if they said, hey, man, <laughs> your job, you have to shoot like a lot today. He was three for 14 from the field trying to be a little bit more of an offensive threat, I guess. I think I think maybe that was the internal punishment. They're like, hey, man, if you don't shoot 12 times, you don't get to play next game. Proves the point, though. As long as you're not a hesitant shooter, you, you functionally can help the offense. So just taking those shots within the flow of the offense was important for Draymond in this game. Uh, Steph Curry, 32 points, 5 of 11 from 3. Klay Thompson, 4 of 9 from 3, 26 points. Got 22 points from Jordan Poole, who is the most no, 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 yes basketball player in NBA history, potentially. Um, when you get that sort of scoring performance from those guys, it's hard for the Warriors to lose. Uh, they certainly tried today. They really I mean, did. <laughs> that was one of those things we saw there. I just think it's more like they got a good clay game. And it's probably not even the clay game we're waiting for where he drops like 35 and eight threes or something like that. But it's they got a good clay game. Like we talk about the Kings shooting better this game. Clay shot really much better this game than he has all series. I think the biggest question mark for me, Dave, and, and this is more on the Sacramento side, is can Kevin Herter make a shot again? Or is that just like <laughs> not a playoff thing? Like, is that only in the regular season? Well, I yeah. also, to, to the points you guys are talking about, we got a good Clay game. We got an iconic Steph game. We got a great Wiggins game, a great Looney game, a great Jordan Poole game. It won by one point at home. I just think this Warriors team hasn't proven to me like they're, they're the real thing again. I mean, again, maybe famous last words, but like <laughs> I, I know everyone is out on the Kings now. You blew the 2-0 lead. Like I, like, I would guess this goes seven. Do they? Do, do the Kings have enough? Can Kevin Herter show up? Does this unproven team have enough to take out the defending champs, you know, in a game seven? Maybe not, but like I don't think the Warriors have totally grabbed this series. Maybe like everyone else feels they have. I, I just want to see more Alex Len. That's it. Plus 11 <laughs> in 11 minutes. Unbelievable. And, and and I look, I mentioned this after game one, Mo. I think that that guy is a key to the series for the Kings. And I think he needs more minutes. And I know that, you know, you don't want to extend these guys too long because then the warts get exposed. But he has consistently contributed when he's been out there just by being eight inches taller than any warrior. There's no one on the Warriors. I think the Warriors probably have more height in the front office than they have in the front court. So I would like to see more Alex Lynn out there for the Kings. Okay. Let's move on to Bucks heat. Stop me. If you've heard this before the heat lights out from three, get to the free throw line. The Bucks don't get to the free throw line. Don't have Giannis turn the ball over a bunch and lose one twenty one ninety nine. The heat win. Jimmy Butler is just a playoff. God at this point, 30 point game for him in the win. Only three free throws, which is a bit of a coup for the referees there. Um, guys, I, I think that the game itself, that's the game. We've seen these two teams match up forever, it feels like. Um, but the story here is who didn't play. Giannis has missed basically all but 11 minutes in the series so far. He's questionable for game four. If he can't play, can the, can the Bucks even this series in game four, I, I'm not saying he's going to be out for the rest of the series, but if he's not there for game four, can they get a win that they need? I, I yes, they got it in game two. I don't see a reason why they couldn't get it in game four. And let's just be honest about Miami and their consistency. It's not existent. And I think that's one of those things you got to watch for. But more importantly, Dave, and this is something I, I, I really think I, I'm more on the 
side of, I think Giannis is playing game four. I don't care what the oh. quotes are. I don't care what the stories are. I don't care what's said. I'm, I am willing to bet he's going to play game four. I like it. I hope so. I wouldn't, I like reading the quotes. It's it, for me that I don't know. Maybe I, I'm scarred as a Grizzlies fan. It sounds like Taylor Jenkins from the Mike Budenholzer coaching tree coach speak. It sounded like, oh, we're going to get together with the doctors in the front office and Giannis, and we're going to confer and we're going to do what's best. And like, I don't know, man. It, I'm worried that Giannis is not going to uh, play. And like, it's this is going to be tough. I mean, maybe you could just say like the Heat, they're shooting too well. Like, this is not like Duncan Robinson learned how to shoot again. He's 10 for 13 from threes in the playoffs this run. So, like, yes, obviously the Bucs can beat the Heat without Giannis, but like, I guess the bigger question is, you know, is it just coach speak? Is Mo right that that uh, Giannis is going to show back up in Game Four, or is that something more serious, more more difficult that he's dealing with? And if that's the case, I mean, the Eastern playoff race uh, got way less interesting in, in my mind. I think yeah, we got I mean, a, a good question here from the from the YouTube chat, guys. Um, is it, just from Epic Open World. How effective would Giannis? even be if he can play if he's had to miss the previous two games it's a back injury i mean this is not we're not talking about a guy just stands in the corner um i want to rewind a few years to when we thought Giannis was completely done in the conference finals there you go and then just remember what he did in the finals so uh i we don't know how serious this is again i still think he's going to play there's, there's a fair reason to have skepticism I just don't believe anything a coach says right now that comes out of their mouth right now <laughs> yeah. in the season. I think they all think they're gamesmanship and we're being clever and all of that stuff. I just don't buy that. But um, he's proven to be pretty effective when he steps on the court. So I'm just going based off history and everything that he's probably, if he's going to step on the court, he's going to be just fine. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's swing to Saturday night. We had the Lakers... With the Grizzlies in town in LA, got Keith in town for the game, and the Lakers just spoil Keith's vacation. 111 to 101, the Lakers win over the Grizzlies. John Morant was back in a big way. Keith, it was 45 points from John Morant. That was unexpected. It was unexpected. And I have to specify for tax reasons, this is not a vacation. I'm here <laughs> covering fair. covering the Grizzlies wow. game. No, it was, uh, yeah, Ja came back, and the questions before the game, I think among everybody, was like, how effective is Ja going to be? Is a limited Ja better than Tyus Jones? What are we going to see from him? And then you saw the first quarter, and the Grizzlies scored nine points, which is the fewest points any team has scored in a, in a quarter this season. They were down by 26 after the first quarter, and it was like, oh, 
well, this has gone poorly. Um, Anthony Davis continues to absolutely dominate uh, the paint in this series. Um, but then, of course, John Morant heated up. It was sort of exciting, but not really. I mean, they never got closer. Um, they cut it to nine, I think, in the last couple of minutes, but the game was over by then. And yeah, the Lakers now, I mean, you're seeing Anthony Davis play again, peak of his powers, you know, and this is what Lakers fans dreamed of, like a healthy LeBron, a Anthony, a healthy Anthony Davis. And now the Grizzlies are kind of in a world of hurt and asking a lot of questions about themselves, like what's going on with Bain? Are we good enough to take this team out um, that has two Hall of Famers? Well, one of the questions being asked is Dylan Brooks. <laughs> yeah. How did I become oh. the villain here? What exactly is the question? Dylan wants to know how he became the villain. How did he become the villain? Well, he was ejected in this game for punching LeBron in the junk. And I look, I can't tell intent from a basketball play. Inadvertent strike, Dave. I don't okay, know. first off, first off. I'm smelling a lot of BS right now. Okay, like, let me just tell you right now. You're not reaching for the ball with a backhand fist. Plain and simple. You're not reaching for the ball with a hi-ya. Like, that's not the way that works right there. So he was reaching for a ball, just not the basketball. <laughs> and I think that's an important Mo, factor with that. Dylan Brooks. No, no. First of all, I'll let you finish. But Dylan Brooks, when he swings for the ball, he does it with a closed fist all the time. I'm not even joking. I'm not trying to come off right now because I, I, I cover the Grizzlies like Dylan my guy i've maybe soured on him a little bit but like dylan punches at the basketball all the time this moment this is not like back in the regular season when he hit donovan mitchell in the groin clearly on purpose i think dylan he commits to like i'm swiping for the ball as hard as i can right now whoopsie lebron james went behind his back again i can't guess intent but i have seen dylan go with the back of his hand with his fist to try to knock the ball away before but I apologize for interrupting. Please continue. Well, uh, I'm I'm guessing intent. That looked yeah, yeah. very much on purpose to me, and yeah. I don't. He care got it. He got thing. ejected. We can move on. It's fine, right? No, yeah. no, 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 no. We are. We're not going to move on <laughs> because when you make a dumbass comment of like, how did I become the villain? And the media is pushing this whole narrative around me yeah. is complete BS. Because yeah. let's just talk about it. You've already mentioned it. this is his second nut shot of the season. He's already yeah. pushed a cameraman down. He's done all sorts of dumb, dumb things all season long. Go back to last season. No, you said him. You, you, you listed the three. No, no. But then, then he last season, what he pushes Gary Payton the, the second Gary, in the back. The in Gary the, Payton two flagrant foul, inexcusable. But honestly, okay. when people Keith, I, when Keith. I want people to list out the dumb things Dylan's done on the basketball court. It isn't as many as people want to make out. He says hilariously wrestler. Keith, he heel got suspended comments. for having too many technicals. I'm not that here for true. this. I'm that not here for this bullshit. I'm sorry. Look, technicals said, technicals it, don't equal. I don't think that equals dirty play in, in the minds of most fans. I can, no, I but can he's, grant but he's, you he's unpopular. Are you done? But again, you like, I, I need, no, I want the, I want you, you listed the three things he did this season. That are but then you said it many more. Done so there are many more. Them all in my head, Keith. But more yeah. importantly, Keith, the fact yeah. of the matter is, you can't say in a, you can't embrace v Dylan the villain, and then bitch about being the villain. More importantly, you can't be the coward after Game Three and not meet with the media when you try to make all these things and try to make yourself a, a, a story with the with everything you do. And all of those things, and trying to make a name of yourself. Don't be a coward when the light gets bright because you're a dumbass. And that's basically well, what he did. And more importantly, he's hurting the team in the process. And by, well, see, I want to well, note, Draymond Green, who I think Dylan Brooks sort of models a little bit of this after. I mean, a little I, bit. Right. Draymond Green, he sat at the podium after he was ejected. 
from from a, a major playoff game. And this is a guy who's won titles. He sat at the podium. And so I'm with Mo on that. Like, don't, man, just just live up to your gimmick. You've wanted this sort of attention. You've leaned into it. You dressed as Stone Cold Steve Austin. Be the heel. Who cares? Don't, don't just don't go. Bring the- don't bring the outfits into it, Dave. Um, <laughs> in response to what Mo finished up with, yes, I agree with you, Mo. When you say truthful things, I agree with you. Absolutely. No, everything you said. They, was right. There was no lie in what I said. Like, like they when were all you truthful. It, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, there's, there's a few things with Dylan Brooks. It's a, it's, it is nuanced. He has embraced the villain role, and it's funny. It seems strange now. He's like, well, why did you guys paint me the villain? As far as the on court, like what people want to call dirty play, the list is much shorter than people make out. As far as things he's Yo, actually done bro, on the basketball, the list doesn't need to be long for you to be a dirty player. The list doesn't. You already you broke a dude's hand in a playoff series. The list doesn't need to be long. We have seen. You want to keep saying that, but it's not a know. long list. Doesn't have to be. I'm a nut shot. Two of them in a season is enough. I'm granting you that, but Dylan Brooks does not receive the same like attention. Like kicking someone in the groin, like Joel Embiid does. He's apparently doesn't have the history. Like should, oh, that's should have gotten purpose. a flagrant too. There's no yeah. question. But don't give me what about is. But, but what don't you give said, me what about is. I do want to agree wholeheartedly with what you said, where when he embraces this, if it is a villain role or whatever he thinks he's doing, he's bringing attention upon himself and it has had a negative impact on the Grizzlies and it has had a negative impact on Dylan Brooks's play. I don't think Dylan Brooks is a good enough basketball player to make the game all about him because we've seen this now. That like when he brings this negative attention in the game after he injured Gary Payton and he served his suspension, he came back in game four and was awful. And he was booed by the Warriors home crowd was awful. A close game four. Then in this game, game three, he's playing against the Lakers. They're booing him in the pregame. 90 minutes before tip off. They're laughing at him as he misses shots in the pregame. He comes out and is horrendous in the first half and he shoots 13 times and he misses 10 of them. And then he gets ejected early in the game. Like you made this bed, Dylan Brooks. Like, I don't know what you're doing. I mean, you guys, if you want to call it being a coward, not speaking to the media as a Homer, as someone who cheers for the Grizzlies, man, I hope he turned a page. I hope he's like, <laughs> dude, I'm not even I'm the best. Shut my mouth. Like, 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 I hope he turned the page and is like, I'm not talking anymore. But then he comes out again, media availability on Sunday. It's like, why'd you guys, why'd the media make this about me being a villain? And then I'm like, come on, man. All right. That's some, that's too much Dylan Brooks, which is uh, kind of the sure. theme of Memphis' season. Uh, yeah. Too much Dylan Brooks, too yeah. much all the time. Let's talk about some good basketball teams and some good basketball players. The Phoenix Suns now lead their series over the Clippers three games to one. Um, obviously, Kawhi Leonard hasn't been out there. They haven't had Paul George this whole time. Uh, Russell Westbrook has been, you know, a nice story. He's been pretty good. And, and Mo, we've been singing his praises, especially for the effort that he's brought on the defensive end. And he did that again in this game. But it's just they don't have the talent. Uh, the Clippers just don't have the high-end talent to compete with the Suns and their shot making. I mean, it's just it's a sad series because there's no Kawhi. Yeah, I first off, to Russ has shown how he could fit in the league still. And it's put him on a team where he just gets to have the ball in his hand the whole time and just attack. His effort defensively has been awesome. It's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough for them to win this series. It's not going to be enough for them really to extend it much more. 
I think this thing's over in five, but give him a ton of credit. Give the Clippers a ton of credit. They've put a lot of fight in these games to really kind of put pressure on the Suns in that stuff. It's They have to play their main guys 40-plus minutes to really get going. They have to get a monster game from CP and some shots and things like that to help kind of push them over the top. Like, I've been pretty impressed with the fight the Clippers has. Just sucks, unfortunately, without their two top stars. I mean, you're not going to win, and that's any team. It also yeah. stinks, apparently, they're required to play Marcus Morse all the time. I don't know what that required to run their offense through him. Well, in his that's, contract, that's injuries. That's Based on injuries, he doesn't, yeah. he, doesn't have, he doesn't have much choice at this point for Ty Lue. Like, we could say all that, but, like, who's left on the bench that's healthy? Like, yeah, no, it's, Batum's it's, it's giving them absolutely nothing like, I think this entire series. I think the interesting angle for this series, and this is a game I also got to go to, you know, in L.A., was, like, the Suns haven't been overwhelming yet. They were they were awesome in the regular season when when KD played, but they haven't really been overwhelming. Uh, it was great to see Chris Paul, you know, have an awesome fourth quarter in, in this game four. But like, I feel like the Suns are still. It's a weird situation where they might be the the favorites in the West just because of they have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. But I still feel like they're trying to figure it out. Like they're searching, trying to see like. You know, are we good enough to win the title? What do we have to do? What adjustments do we have to make? And right now, the shorthanded Clippers team is like at least making them fight. I'll say the, the Cavs, one adjustment they can make is just run offense, run their offense. But we can move on from that. That would help. Yeah, uh, guys, the Cavs are down to the Knicks three to one after the weekend. The Knicks with a nineteen ninety two score, one hundred two to ninety three, get the big win. I just want to look at here's the high score from this series, from every game in the series. 101 points, 107 points, 99 points, and 102 points. This rules, Mo. I know you love this. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, this is uh, some of it, some of the ugliest basketball I've seen. But it's like, you know, it's it's old school here in that sense. And it's been like a, a massive rock fight. But give credit to the Knicks pulling those two wins. I mean, just completely destroying the Cavs on Friday. But today was pretty tough. And, and, they kind of handled it really well. They got a monster game from RJ Barrett. Like I was really impressed with him tonight and man, Hey, they're going to win their first playoff series since what, when I don't even remember, was it Carmelo? Like did Carmelo even win? No, it was like, was it the 99? Like when was the last time they won a playoff series? <laughs> long enough that uh, I don't remember like that long. Like they don't have any even playoff moments and now they they've got a few. I mean, I, Jalen Brunson is, Proven himself to be a playoff performer, a big-time performer. 29 points in this game, 5 of 9 from 3. Got hot late, like just took over. Just said, this is my game. We're going to win this thing. The Madison Square Garden crowd was absolutely insane for this game. And, and to the point where I walked away for a second while I was watching the game and stuff, you know, stuff was happening. I thought the Knicks were going on like a 10-0 run in the 20 seconds I had gotten up. No, no, no. They scored two baskets. <laughs> it was really impressive how loud that that crowd was. Uh, for the Cavs, you know, they, they brought Isaac Okoro off the bench. The Knicks were not guarding him at all when he was out there. He actually played more minutes off the bench than he did starting the other night. So I don't really get that decision. But their half-court offense, they've struggled all year. Mo, we've talked about this, you know, over and over again with this team. They, they're a guy and maybe two guys short. They need a true 3 and D piece um, to really see this thing through. Uh, I just don't know if they're going to be able to come back from 3-1. We haven't seen it happen very often. And usually when we do, it's a high-powered offense. I just don't know if you can come back from 3-1 with defense alone. You sure as shit can't come back when Donovan Mitchell plays as poorly as he's played. 
And I think that's kind of the big difference. In the third quarter, when the Cavs made a run, Darius Garland had the ball in his hands, and the offense flowed quicker, had more speed to it, more pace and more tempo to it. When it was in Donovan Mitchell's hands, everything slowed down, and it was just very plodding and 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 so on. And I think that was kind of the major difference in this game for Cleveland. It's when they had things going, and I think they were rolling with that stuff. And I think that's the, the challenges you're dealing with in that instance for them. But we should shout out one other thing, one small side story that – the Knicks closed without Julius Randle, and he did not look happy. Oh, that was going to be was, my big story. I was ready for he, it. Yeah, He was very upset. I mean, Obi Toppin was awesome down the stretch of the game, and credit to Tibbs, I think, making the right decision and just sticking with Obi. But, like, there was a shot of him at the crowd, and, and, and he looked very upset. And I believe he didn't even meet with the media afterwards. Like, again, you know, instead of being a good teammate, just selfishly, I didn't play, I'm upset, and left. Like, that's some bad stuff right there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Go ahead, Keith. You have more. No, to I'm ready. To, I'm ready to move on. I think Mo got it. Yeah. It's just be a good teammate, man. You guys won. That's You're it. on the precipice of winning. Uh, the people in the YouTube comments saying uh, Carmelo did win a series in 2013, but the Knicks are about to advance on the precipice for the first time in a and decade. <laughs> be happy. Be happy, Julius Randle. There's a reason it has the team name on the front of the jersey and your own name on the back. That that's that's all there is. Uh, the Boston Celtics now lead the Atlanta Hawks three games to one in a series that should have been over today. Mo, very annoyed with the Boston Celtics. Um, it's going to be over in the next game because it appears as if the Jonte Murray is not going to be available for Game Five of this series. He made contact, inappropriate contact. We'll call it a little bit of a body bump with a referee at the conclusion of this game on his way out and had apparently some choice words to whisper in his ear. And uh, the video footage doesn't look great for DeJounte. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, I would be surprised if he doesn't end up getting suspended before game five. I mean, that was a brutal, just dumb, dumb, dumb thing to do at the end of the game and things like that, you know, like that's going to change anything or, or, any sort of kind of intimidation. And I think it was really stupid with a lot of those things. And I see some people are going to say, oh, well, Tatum, in our comments already, Tatum had a contact with the referee. Yeah, the referee was trying to stop Tatum from going at a guy and Tatum kind of brushed him off. There's a big difference with when you're walking off the court and charging right into the referee's face and trying to give him a little bit of a piece of your mind. Go look yeah. up the clip. It's massively different in those two scenarios. And what DeJounte Murray did absolutely should not be tolerated by the NBA. I would say if this was a regular season situation, and I don't know if the NBA league office acknowledges they might do things differently in the playoffs versus the regular season. If this was a regular season situation, I would assume it'd be like a multiple game thing because like this is a thing like we all get frustrated with the referees. I personally have like been like, it's been a rough year for NBA officials and I don't understand what they've been doing with the flagrant foul rules and kicking people out for various things. Uh, Dylan Brooks earned his ejection. That's fine. But like, it's been a weird year for referees, but you can't have players making physical contact with them after the game. Like when the buzzer's over to go up and try to intimidate them that way, it's like, there's no place for it in the sport. And like, again, I wouldn't, I'd be shocked if he's not suspended. And like, if this is a regular season situation, I feel like they would suspend him multiple games. Yep, absolutely. And uh, last but not least, we have our first second round team of 2023. The Philadelphia 76ers complete their sweep on Saturday in spite of missing Joel Embiid, who's out with that sprained knee. Uh, B-Ball Paul gets to start. 10 points, 15 rebounds. I predicted this 
to you, Mo. I, t- I texted. I said it's going to be a big B-ball Paul game, and it was James Harden. Messages. <laughs> <laughs> James Harden had 17, 11 assists, eight rebounds. And for Philly, this is like, man, do they need this break? They they need as much time off as they can get. They're probably rooting for for Boston to somehow go seven. Um, the big question mark for them is how healthy is Joel Embiid going to be for that second round matchup? I mean, the way Doc makes it seems like it sounds like he's, you know, sitting, laying in bed and not able to move at this point. Um, I think it's a, a, I think he's going to be fine. I I don't think it's as serious. Again, I don't believe coaches at this time of the year. I really don't. Just the, the gamesmanship and the, oh, I mean, just think about it this way. Let's just go back to Sacramento. DeMontis Sabonis was possibly not going to play game three because of a bruised sternum. But after game two, he was chest bumping dudes. Like, what yeah. are we talking about? Like, this is the game ship <laughs> with these things. I don't buy a lot of this stuff. Um, I, I think he's going to be just fine. And if they had lost this game, I think it would have been ready for game five. I think it was also a great job by the obvious non embed Sixers of taking care of business. Like they got off to yeah. a bad start, but then like, I mean, Maxie's had an incredible series overall, but for them to take care of business, to come out and, you know, to basically whip the Nets in the second half, to send the Nets home, the Nets were ready to go on vacation, perhaps, um, to have like the not normal guys step up to the plate and, and, and get the win, close out the series, not mess around. Also, as a professional podcaster, I like to make Doc Rivers uh, jokes about failing to close out in the postseason. Last year in the first round, they were up 3-0 on the Raptors. Then they gave up two games before closing out the series. Doc Rivers has a history of not taking care of business in the closeout. And look at them. Maybe they've turned a corner where this season, no, man, like no Joel Embiid, no problem. We have a deep enough team where we're going to take care of business, not mess around, and get ready for our our second-round opponent. Yep, well, uh, we just took care of business, and we're not going to mess around, and we're going to get ready to come back tomorrow night live on YouTube. But in case you missed the beginning of the show here, go and catch it wherever you listen to podcasts. For Keith Parrish and Mo DeKeel, I'm Dave DeFore. Guys, let's get out of here. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.